podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey Cobbers, from the land down under. This is the Cricket Badger Big Bash Daily Podcast. Whether you're with the Strikers, the Stars or the Sixers, you might be a renegade, enjoy the heat, love the thunder, like a scorcher or prefer hurricanes. Brought to you in association with bluecrocodile.co.uk. Tie your kangaroo down, put another shrimp on the barbie and enjoy the fun. It's gonna be a ripper. Big Bash 10. Hello everybody, welcome along. It's another edition of the Big Bash Daily and flipping it, we've seen a fantastic day's cricket around the globe today. Two stunning test matches, a terrific game in the Big Bash as well, which we'll start off talking about the Melbourne Derby. Really good game in the Big Bash competition. Thank you very much to bluecrocodile.co.uk for the continued support of this podcast, snapping up the right mortgages for you, Blue Croc Money. On Twitter, I'm James Butler, the Cricket Badger, and joined by two guys that I keep getting mixed up. When they're on separately, I keep calling Sam Ollie and Ollie Sam, but I should be okay today because I've got different voices and different names on my screen. Let's start with you, Sam. Melbourne Renegades losing again today against the Melbourne Stars. Stars won by six wickets with five balls left, and the Renegades have been a little bit the uh, whipping boys of this competition, haven't they, so far? They uh, cut adrift now at the bottom of the BBL ladder, but a terrific game today in Melbourne. Yeah, it was brilliant. It was a proper derby clash, wasn't it? It swung both ways. Either team could have won it. Won it. I think the Stars will be, well, they'll be happy with the points, but they'll be a bit relieved, as you said, that the Renegades have become the tournament's whipping boys. And most teams, even though they might not admit it publicly, will look at them and think, yep, yeah, there's three points. And they've hopefully, they've got a bit of momentum now, the Stars. They've won a couple. They've been inconsistent. They, they've started with a couple of wins, lost five out of six in the middle and have now won a couple. They've got a strong side. Adam Zampa's been in and out. Uh, he's now back. Marcus Stoinis is his back bowling. Uh, Fletcher at the top of the order got runs in the in the last game, although I think he did. I think he got a knock on the elbow. He got hit by a, a ball today. But they're kind of this all-star side with people like Maxwell in there. So it, promising signs for them at the getting momentum at the right time of the season. It's been a grim old time for the uh, Renegades, Ollie, hasn't it? In this competition, just two wins from the the eleven games played so far. Um, just a quick calculation there if they got all four points from each of their three games now they'd get to 22 which would only now put them in fourth place so I think we can pretty much say goodbye to the Renegades but if you're in the uh, coaching camp for that part of Melbourne the big 100 plus run defeats seem to be a bit of a, me- a distant memory now and they are competing they might still be losing but they've pushed the stars close today so I guess small crumbs of comfort for the the Renegades coaching department yeah, I think so. I, I, I think there's some good aspects to them. I think Richardson's bowling well at the moment and they look like they've got a couple of good youngsters coming through like Fraser McGurk. Looks like he's quite exciting and Sean Marsh is holding together at the top. I think they really need to start looking towards next season now and I, I think it's a time to start blooding some some younger players and seeing what they can and what they can do for next season. It's the same situation they are in last year. They, they're going to finish rock bottom almost certainly and um I, I think they need to ask some questions about their sort of development and their overseas players. They're, they're not the strongest. And with that lineup that they have at the moment, they really need support from some excellent overseas. Yeah, I mean, let's go through the game then. Melbourne Renegades batting first today. They made 150 in their, well, 19.5 overs. They were bowled out uh, in the on the penultimate ball. Star of the show for them, Sam Harper made 63. He was really the, the only guy that really got going. Sean Marsh made 24, 29 for Mackenzie Harvey. Um, and a good performance from the uh, Melbourne Stars in the field. Three for 29 from Liam Hatcher, who's been 
a really good uh, performer for them so far this season. Two for 23 from Zahir Khan and Billy Stunlake taking two for 28 for them. And the Melbourne Stars chasing that 151 to win. Runs fairly well shared around, really. Stoinis 43, 43 as well for Nick Larkin and 20 for Glenn Maxwell and 20 not out for Nick Madison, taking them across the line with Hilton Cartwright at the end. In the bowling department for the Renegades, two for 24 for Kane Richardson. He's been leading their attack all the way through this campaign, single-handedly almost at times. And the Renegades, as I say, notch another defeat. They're now 10 points from their 11 games so far. And as Ollie just suggested there, looking very likely as if they're going to be the wooden spoon in the Big Bash ladder. And the Melbourne Stars, though, 11 games played now, on to 23 points. They've played one game more than the Sydney Thunder, who are on the same amount of points as them. And one game more than the Scorchers, who are on 21 points, two points behind them. But they've really started to come good at the right time and looking likely as if they're going to seal their place in the playoffs, if they can continue their good form at the moment. In changing times like these, make a change yourself. Buy your own home. Still living with parents or renting? Why not buy your first property? Mortgage rates are lower than ever. Speak to Blue Crocodile. Blue Crocodile? Yeah, Blue Crocodile. They'll get you the right first time buy a deal by searching the market for the most competitive option for you. They don't bite. They're just straight talking people like me. Give them a bell or go online. Blue Crocodile. None of us are sitting in Australia, but there's a massive test series going on. Um, everybody's talking about the, the rear guard action for for India today, which we'll come on to a little bit later. How difficult do you think it is for the Big Bash organisers at the moment to try and stick their hands in the air and, and kind of say, watch us, look at us, it's Big Bash, Big Bash, it's all exciting. When there's such a terrific test series going on, it's the kind of almost second fiddle, isn't it, at the moment in Australia? It is. And as you say, it's difficult to know exactly how it's planning out. But I suppose the timings are, are usually quite helpful it tends to be the big bash is not on until the evening and so that's after the the test has finished and cricket lovers like ourselves will just lap it up and it's brilliant for us Mm -hmm. over here Um, they always have to compete maybe it's heightened because of the the lockdown and and how particularly good the India Australia series is proving to be but I don't know if it's it's not necessarily a new issue for them Um, they've they've been doing it year in year out the crowds seem pretty good I know it's it's hard to tell because they're only allowed a certain number of people in but the games that do have crowds they seem to be very into it and I think the viewing figures are up so yeah, a tough ask and it's bound to be second fiddle, but it seems to be going OK. Um, I suppose the counter argument, Sam, is that because cricket's being talked about because of the test series, the fact that obviously Big Bash is cricket as well, it might actually bring a few people into the into watching it that might otherwise not have been so interested. Well, yeah, quite right too. And, and T20 is, oh, I don't know, for, I'm still one of the, I love T20, but the test is still the ultimate format. But like you say, if somebody wants an introduction and they actually they just want a few hours and it's to see what it, what the game's like, what it's about and, and a bit of fun, it's so and he can't do any harm. There is that perception, isn't there, Ollie, that T20 is the gateway drug for the harder stuff, the Red Bull cricket and other stuff that's further down the line when you're really addicted. I don't necessarily think that's necessarily true, is it? You can turn on a test match and, and be introduced to cricket that way as well as T20. They're not mutually exclusive. They can help each other, can't they? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't say it's the hard drug. It's not the Class A uh, T20, but it's definitely a microcosm of, of a test match, but in a shorter format. So you have some spills and drama. It doesn't have some of the intricacies and nuances, but it's got its own aspects which add the drama to it. So it's 
it's almost a it's a contrived environment to get an excitement and a result and it doesn't it does enable people to watch it and enjoy it who may not have done it but you can also enjoy it in its own right and and like you and, and Sam said earlier I, I really like T20 but I prefer test but it doesn't mean I don't really enjoy a really good T20 and there's not times when I've actually switched off a test match that was a bit drab and boring and, and lifeless and put on a bit of drama of T20 on the other side I, I think it's a brilliant aspect a uh, brilliant way to introduce and also for anyone to enjoy the game and, and cricket lovers or or new 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 um, viewers to the sport I'm exactly the same. I mean, I wouldn't be doing these big bash dailies if I didn't really love T20 cricket. That's pretty obvious, isn't it? But the I just think Test cricket has got everything. And I I, I did it on Twitter again today. But our regular listeners of the podcast will know that I often kind of refer to Test match cricket as the as the classic feature film. You know, you, I mean, you get some feature films that you'll turn off and and, and not watch. But generally speaking, a really good Test match is something you remember forever. A really good T20, maybe not quite so much, but you can still get embroiled in the tournament and you can still get embroiled in the game for that three hours. Or whatever it is on that day but Sam you, you might not necessarily remember it 10 years down the line whereas a, a classic test match you, you might do Completely, I agree. And um, on my thought is more that if we're if we're introducing new people to the game, if someone to me, if someone comes to me and says, "Sam, right, you've got three hours. I'm going to give cricket a try. I'm not going to sit down and watch a test match with them. I'm going to say, right, let's sit down and watch a T20 because as much as uh, those of us who who maybe know the game and love the game, um, are quite like are enthralled by it unfolding over five days. It can be a bit hit and miss. You could have a re- you could have a brilliant session. You could have a, a really slow session. So I just think in terms of a, an introduction t20 cricket is is the way i would be going with it personally jason glasper is listening to this i apologize dizzy but my uh, meat analogy for the uh two different competitions the kind of prime steak is test cricket and mcdonald's or something like that would be the uh <laughs> the c- comparison in terms of t20 and you can have a good i mean mcdonald's has got its place we'll have all been there and got our big macs and stuff and enjoyed them but uh, a fillet steak in a, in a nice restaurant in good company is probably more your test cricket side of things and ollie i, I think i mean we'll, we'll talk a little bit about test cricket to further down the line with the two fantastic days we've had in the two respective series but w- what we've got at the moment is the big bash going on we've got India against Australia down under we've got Sri Lanka entertaining England for cricket badges like us this is just glorious isn't it you know you turn on the telly in the morning fair enough a little bit too early in the morning in the UK at times but it is just fantastic that I mean I've, I've been sat here today I've had two screens on I've had the India Australia test match going on on one screen with the England uh, test match in uh, in goal on the other and then when the India test match finished I turned that off and put it over to big the big bash and watched that alongside the England performance as well and I'm just it's just uh, it's paradise it's almost like an embarrassment of riches isn't it you, you've got too much to watch and not enough time and, and you don't almost want to wait time sleeping because you, you might miss something that's going on so I, I think especially with the standard of cricket and difference in in the environments that have been played at the moment it's two totally different things uh, it's, it's brilliant and then to cap it off you've got the bash for that little dessert at the end of the day you've only watched about I don't know probably about 10 hours of cricket and then and then the bash comes on just to just to finish you off but I mean it, it couldn't wish for any better in lockdown to be honest it's making it bearable yeah, I mean, I don't know what our Australian listeners are trying to get their days sorted out as, but certainly in the UK, I know a number of people are trying to catch uh, maybe the first session of the uh, um, action in Australia, then maybe trying to catch some sleep before they, they get up to potentially watch the second session of something in gold so they can keep up to date with England as well. And the big bash on the other screen too. I've been getting up at uh, 3.30 every day through this England test match to do some commentary for the, uh, the on the test series in, uh, in Sri Lanka, but still having the big bash on the other screen. It's just awesome at the moment that there's so, many cric- so much cricket about 
And I, I think back to the start of lockdown in the UK back in March when sport just stopped for a couple of months, didn't it? And we all missed it. And now it's almost like we're getting a little bit of payback. And hopefully the next thing is we're out back into ground so we can see stuff live as well. But it's fantastic that cricket is so good. BlueCrocodile.co.uk Sort your mortgage in a snap. Are you a first-time buyer with your eyes on that dream house? Are you wanting to move or looking for a better mortgage deal? Let Blue Crocodile find the right mortgage for you. 10% deposit mortgages are returning. If you need to know how much you can afford to borrow, just visit bluecrocodile.co.uk. Let's choose our bluecrocodile.co.uk cricketer of today's match, the Melbourne Derby. The Renegades going down to the stars in quite a close encounter. Ollie, where would you take me for your Blue Crocodile cricketer of today's game? I would tend to, to go with winning side to stars again. I thought Zahir Khan had his best bowling since he's been at, at Melbourne. I thought he bowled really well today. Uh, I thought that was really interesting. Storn is batted solidly at the top. You, you can uh, see that um, Zahir Khan was uh, really up for it today. He was taking his wickets and he looked really as if he was really enjoying his performance today, which is a good sign. Yeah, he, he seemed to, yeah, he seemed to be more confident. I think it's the, the difference of being back at the MCG, which obviously is home. It's bigger boundaries. It, it reminds me a bit of Lancashire being really dominant at home with their spinners. There was, there was a lot, there was 12 overs of spin from the Stars today and um, they all bowled solidly. Maxwell being more expensive if you don't include Madison's one over. I thought Zaheer Khan looked really good and he got his two wickets, deserved it and they were crucial times when the scoreboard was really looking to go in the Renegades' favour and uh, like I said, Stoinis in the power play He's been really solid. He's right up there with the leading run scorers again, even with a couple of failures in there. But I actually thought I'd give it to Larkin today because I thought he was really good and added some impetus. He got the same okay. stoyness. Uh, so I think that I'll give it to Nick Larkin, just edging out Zaheer Khan and Stoinis today. Yeah, Nick Larkin, 43 from 32 today, five fours and played, yeah, as you say, really nicely alongside Stoinis. Sam, would you agree with that or you take me somewhere else? I'm tempted somewhere else, James. I was going to say I'm going to do something different, but it's actually the same as I did last time. So it's in danger of being a bit of a pattern. I'm going to go, for me, the, the Sam Harper batted really well. Yeah, I, I was thinking that because he, yeah. he was, as I said on the intro there, he was the one batsman for them that actually just got them to a score, wasn't he? Without him, that have been well, yeah, nowhere. exactly. Losing side, you lose Finch two balls into the inning. So, you know, all right, he's not been in great nick, but he's still the captain of Australia and, and he's kind of a, a not a stalwart. He's, he's better than that. He's a shining light. You know, the the, the bench is going to be really upset at losing him that early. But Harper's come in, him and Marsh, I think they won, they got the big bash boost point. They've put on 78 odd in the first 10 overs. So they were going along really well. And then it, the, the middle order didn't really fire and get them to a, a proper total. But I thought he, he was excellent timed his innings really beautifully he had the one six in there and he's had a, a lean tournament so I'm going to give it to him although I do agree so here Khan bowled beautifully uh, Hatcher three wickets as well there were a couple of 40 odds for the stars but yeah I'm going to go with Sam Harper you give me a decision to make now haven't you I, I mean obviously Liam Hatch is worth a mention so here Khan's worth a mention but I'm sorry Ollie I'm actually going to go with Sam today because there aren't going to be many days in this big bash that we're able to actually celebrate a Melbourne Renegades player um, in this way because although they lost a day they got close and Sam Harper played really nicely without him as I say they could have fallen in a big heap and it could have been another mauling so the bluecrocodile.co.uk cricketer of today's match he may have been on the losing side but it's Sam Harper for his 63 mortgages are simpler than you think when you have a crocodile on your side Blue Crocodile, making mortgages snappy and simple. Visit bluecrocodile.co.uk, follow them on Twitter at Blue Croc Money or find them on Facebook 
Blue crocodile. Right, to round off then, we've I've just been engrossed in the test matches today. Five-day cricket, it's always been my favourite. But what an advert for the game we've had. We've had the uh, action at the Gabba, where India have fought back so valiantly. I mean, I tweeted out this morning that regardless of whatever the series result is down there, I hope Indian fans welcome those guys back as heroes because it's the B team almost that are standing up. With, they've got only a handful of caps amongst those bowlers in that Indian side today. And then to see uh, Takur and Washington Sunder after taking wickets in the uh, Australian innings, add that 100-plus partnership today to really... Uh, keep India in the game and keep India in the series it was absolutely joyous to see and then obviously in goal we've had a, a great fight back from Sri Lanka as well after being rolled for 135 England sticking on a, a big big score of 400 plus for them to fight back as they have done in that test match and to give England a very very nervy um, little chase there it might only be a chase of 74 but England have certainly made a horlicks of the start of it as uh, they come back tomorrow to try and finish off that chase with seven wickets still remaining without getting too much into the specifics of of both uh, series and, and the state of play. It's just fantastic Sam isn't it it's just the best advert you could get for test match cricket that we got two exciting series four teams really going for it and four teams laying everything on the line yeah it's, it's been wonderful and I thoroughly enjoyed you know I, I stick the Australia game on overnight and kind of drifting out of sleep listening to that going on and I was you say, kind of you say that I do, exactly the, I do exactly the same thing Sam and I woke up this morning with information going in my head that didn't make any sense to me that I'd obviously it had obviously seeped in off <laughs> what the commentators had been saying overnight there was something about Stonehenge something about some old Australian player and something else and it made no sense whatsoever but it had been coming in my ears all evening it's funny what you pick up I used to people used to mock me but I did do it as an exam technique I would leave I would have stuff that I'd, I'd kind of make notes and have it on overnight and you just kind of by osmosis pick stuff up yeah. and so I woke up during that massive partnership in, in the Indian innings and actually what's been great is the two series have completely different narratives it's like if they're two feature films there are completely different plots yeah. going on you know plots and subplots there but, it, but both have been in falling and continue to do so. I mean, we're going to go into what day five of the Australia game, or well, no, day four of the Australia game, isn't it? Yep. And likewise of England. Very different stories, but both wonderful to watch. Yeah, it's been absolutely superb. And in, in the same way that sometimes things seep in, I sometimes uh, wake up in the morning, Ollie, wondering, did that actually happen? I'd kind of I'd listened to, it. I'd kind of woken up for maybe twenty minutes and heard something amazing happen. And then woken up the following morning, and thought, did I dream that? Was that real? And I have to check the scorecard. It's just a, there's something very special in England, and there always has been from being a young kid myself of listening to the radio overnight with away series and away tours and we're spoiled a bit now with the way the BBC are covering the um, Australian one as well you can keep abreast of everything under your, under your duvet can't you? So yeah effectively there is no reason to sleep at the moment and uh, the, the information they give it is exhaustive I, I totally agree with you there's something about listening to it late at night in, a, in an English winter and also there's a sound of the ground from around the world or, the, or, or coming through the radio that makes it sound really exotic and different especially when I was growing up all these like talk about the MCG or the Wacker or, or the Gabba or anywhere like that or the West Indian tours to count as well sometimes it just seemed really exotic and different and exciting and I haven't lost that and, and there is still that 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 sound and that feeling that comes across when you listen to especially England but even with this Australia-India series it sounds almost too good to be true and, and, it sounds... and in some ways Ollie when you actually see the ground if you, if you listen to a commentary from somewhere and you haven't actually seen the ground and they, they're painting that picture aren't they and you've got that image in your head when you actually see the picture it doesn't ruin it but it kind of changes your, your approach to it doesn't it could, sometimes just hearing the words it's actually better oh so the, the sounds and the words and the description of it are just like you say they paint a picture 
you create it in your own mind. You're right. He's just so right. When when you see the grounds and the ones that stick out when I used to hear was the um the West Indian ones, you're like, oh, is that it? It takes away the magic. It's it's telling a story. It's almost like fiction, uh, but it's a, you know mixed with true life that's is in, in behind it and actually factual information. It's an incredible way they have about it, and, it, and it's a skill. And I think it's 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 magical, especially with the quality of the Australian series that's coming out now and the drama. And like um, Sam said earlier, the narrative behind it, it, it is so strong. And and we're talking about an Indian team that's at the peak of its powers. You know, got their players at uh, the absolute prime age for cricketers so this is their chance this is what they want to really cement themselves as that legacy and uh, winning over there twice it's it's so good it's so like i don't want it to end to be honest but i mean sam what, what ollie just said there is true sam but the fact that they're down to the yeah i mean they're, they're down to the net bowlers that i mean natarajan um saini i think as well um they they were only included on the tour initially as reserves then they became net bowlers and and, and kept on uh, and then found the yeah, obviously, with all the injuries they've had, they've got their chance to to shine, haven't they? And uh, um, I mean, I think Siraj was one of those as well. I mean, the, the bowling attack that India have got over there is not the bowling attack that anybody would have expected to have taken the field. Some of them, you wouldn't probably any of those players, you'd never expected to actually feature in the team in Australia at all, let alone all together. And the way India have gone about it, and they may still lose this uh, Test match, but. The way they've gone about it, I mean, the Indian um, faithful back home can be very, very proud of that side. And if they do win or get a draw in the series, that is, I've said to the um, the Indian lads on this podcast, it's got to go down as their greatest ever away trip, hasn't it? Because despite all of the adversity, the captain going home on paternity leave to to perform like they have done against a very, very strong Australian bowling attack, it's huge. Oh, absolutely. You know, it shows you couldn't have almost written the script in terms of the injuries. Well, firstly, with Coley going home, but then all the injuries and, and all the different things have happened to them. And actually, if they, I really do hope they they get the draw because then I think they retain the trophy having won it last time, I yeah. believe. And yeah, we talk a lot about the IPL it shows the strength and depth that, that India has in terms of white ball cricket, but in red ball cricket as well, these guys are performing at the very top level. Um, the Australian pace attack is is formidable. They've got a decent batting lineup, and they're holding their own. And I think there was a stat before the test about uh, was it a thousand odd test wickets versus thirteen or, some, or something, something like that. Something along those lines. It's hugely uh, one-sided. And if you look, but then if you go and look through the the, the different players first class stats it's not like these you, you've got no one coming in with six seven eight hundred first class wickets either these are all guys that are relatively well they're not in age but early-ish in their career and they are just stepping up you know they have not everything that's been thrown at them so far they have stood up to and uh, it's just must be wonderful that they, they can be very proud the indian public i mean it's they're a top level side but this really would be quite something to, to pull off a well a draw and, and to go away with this with the, retaining the trophy it, it was good to see the response to my tweet that uh, a lot of the Indian followers of the at cricket underscore budget Twitter feed were saying um, that well one of them said Indian fans are much more mature these days it was his uh, his version of that and they recognise what this team are doing they're not necessarily expecting them to win but they're recognising the uh, the stellar efforts that they're putting in and these inexperienced uh, youngsters a lot of them coming in and, and standing up against the big boys going toe to toe with the Aussies on their own in their own backyard at the Gabba as well which is that they're for Cricket's a game played with balls. You've got to look after them in the field. Badges are furry creatures. My friends at manscaped.com help you make sure it's neat and tidy down there. Oh, get rid of all that excess fur. Make sure that you're neat and tidy. Make sure everything's in the right order. 
Oh, feeling all good now down in my set. Oh, Manscaped.com. Maximum skin-safe performance, compact design, advanced engineering, ceramic blade, waterproof. And it doesn't end there. Show you care by caring for your pair. Cleansers, revivers, preservers. Simply go to manscaped.com. Quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com. Get on there now. Um, to finish off with, Ollie, you're an Englishman, and you, like me, have been watching the Test match today. Um, Sri Lanka have done brilliantly, haven't they, to fight back from that uh, 135 they made in that first innings. And to reduce England to 38 for three at the end, the drama there, you see Dan Lawrence and uh, Johnny Bairstow batting out and then the bad light stopping play so that England will have to come back to score the 36 runs required to win if they can get that far tomorrow. That was just uh, incredible test cricket. The drama, Sri Lanka just edging past England. Then they lost the wickets. Jack Leach taking a Pfeiffer. Everything was happening. It was, so to be honest, it's horrible to watch at the end. Just, um, just see I was, lo- I was loving it. I was loving it because I, I well, as an English, I'm obviously English and I want to see England win. To be honest, I only want to see England win if they deserve to win. And if Sri Lanka fight back and they deserve to win, hats off to them. Absolutely. I looked at it from a slightly different way, but really similar. So if you can't score 74 in a, it's a chase, doesn't matter on what pitch, don't deserve to win. But also, do you deserve to win back and like they did in the first innings? It's amazing that both sides have almost got the other back in the game because some of our bowling was a bit wayward and I think they went into it a little bit too confident or too comfortable saying we've got a massive lead here. This is going to be okay. It's a fourth day pitch today. It's going to start to, to rag and bounce, a bit uneven and stuff. But in fact, Sri Lanka applied themselves so well. They've got themselves in with a, a puncher's chance, you know, tomorrow. If they get a couple of early wickets, I wouldn't like to be in that dressing room and be chaotic. I think it was good as well because you don't want to see uh, a one-sided game straight away, especially with Sri Lanka. And England want a good test to warm them up for India as well, which is one, their series coming up. I think it's a really good mental test. I think it's been really good for people like Dan Lawrence to be involved. In. I, th- I don't think he's done himself any harm at all about being involved later on in the, in the, in the tour. I think it's really exciting. We talked about it and this is Get on a little bit of team selection. We talked about England possibly playing another spinner next uh, in the next game. That how good would that be? Say three spinners, and, and you're probably only going to use two of them going into the India series. Maybe that's going to be much more challenging. That could almost be a shootout or just a really good experience for that third spinner to get. They're all so young. Yeah, we were going to go through the England selection problems, and and same same with Australia as well. But uh, we're running out of time. There's so much to talk about. There's so much cricket going on. But England has certainly got. I mean, Dan Lawrence has, has uh, been a shining light, hasn't he? Came in, taken to Test cricket like a duck to water. Looks at home um, in that shirt, certainly. And uh, with Ollie Pope, Rory Burns, and uh, Ben Stokes coming back into the fold for the Indian series, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, it's a bit of pressure on uh, the likes of Dom Sibley and uh, Zach Crawley, and um, they've got a big second test match ahead of them um, next week in goal to try and just keep themselves in that in that 11 I think as well but two terrific test matches the big bash is continuing to uh, excite us all as well I mean no apologies on this podcast it is the big bash daily but there is so much good cricket around we can't help but not uh, talk about it as well um, and we'll keep abreast of it all and of course the big bash as we go through to the final on the 6th of February Ollie and Sam 
absolute pleasure as always oh thank you James it's been great to speak to you and Sam today it's been really enjoyable yeah thanks James so much to talk about but yeah that could only be a good thing yeah I mean we could make these podcasts about three hours long couldn't we but uh, nobody would listen <laughs> yeah, to them because nobody's got that time because there's too much cricket to watch you can't listen to everything and watch everything at the moment so we'll try and make these uh, still as, as bite-sized as possible as we go forward thank you everybody though for listening to these Big Bash dailies hopefully you're enjoying them and uh, hopefully you'll stay tuned as we go through the rest of uh, Big Bash 10 thanks to bluecrocodile.co.uk the continued support of this podcast. I've been James, the Cricket Badger, and I'll be back again to see you all again tomorrow. Big Bash 10. Thanks for listening. We'll bring you another edition of the Cricket Badger Big Bash Daily Podcast in association with bluecrocodile.co.uk tomorrow. See you then. Podcast Network.